Welcome to the Distro One Podcast, Episode 5, Resident Evil. Welcome to the Distro One Podcast. A show that covers a wide range of topics from across the realm of popular culture. I, of course, am one of your, your co-hosts, Franz, and with me, as always... Justin. And th- this time, this episode, we are talking... On the, we are on the topic of video games, and more specifically, we are talking about essentially a, a game created by Shinji Mikami uh, from Capcom about a survival horror genre originally known as Biohazard. Of course, we are talking about the Resident Evil. So if you had spent any time in the late 90s, you've probably played this game. It was uh, one of the biggest hits. Um, we were discussing earlier that I think it sold around 50 million copies yeah, as, of, yeah, as of as of the summer of 2012, last year, it's been sold. It sold 50 million, I guess, units, as they would say in the biz. So, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, high, uh, highly successful franchise, and this is the topic today. So, I guess one of the things we wanted to cover was uh, who the shit is Umbrella Corp. The Umbrella Corporation, like the one that the red and white logo that you've seen across all of the games in the series. Now I kind of get like the symbolism of the umbrella like covering the world. But what is this evil empire that is the Umbrella Corporation? And and what I want to know is like who are all these like if you have played the first game, six sons of bitches that are running around like creating this stuff, creating these crazy traps and like their their characters are just completely insane. Yeah. I mean, why would you... I mean, it, the first game got the mansion outside Raccoon City. And then, you know, the second game, Resident Evil 2, it bleeds into... Now it's infested with Raccoon City itself. But it, they're everywhere. If you go across the series, I mean, they're in Europe. You know, Asia. You know, like third world countries. And you go to, like, Resident Evil 4, Leon Kennedy had to go to, like, third world country. Yeah, they're everywhere. And... And they're everywhere they are, they do nothing but bad stuff. Yeah, they, they, they should have learned. But the first game, when they mess up the, the mansion lab, and they create all that horrific monsters, they say, you know what, maybe we should reevaluate our, our mission statement here at Old Umbrella. Really. Well, one of the things that I wanted to, to throw out there to the audience is, can you, uh, once this show's been posted and we get a link out there, uh, let us know what your feelings on the first time you played a Resident Evil game, whether maybe you were introduced at the very first one in the very beginning, the first Resident Evil, right. and how it made you feel. Because I can tell you, for me, uh, I was like, holy shit, this game is creepy, and I friggin' love it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like me, when you're kind of throwing your controller, when you can't get past that first opening <laughs> hallway when the dogs first pop out at you. It took forever. They just, I mean, and the camera angles, that you couldn't see them as they were coming at you, which was another nice aspect of the game. They, they're carefully crafted camera angles. They couldn't really quite see what was going on until you actually had to step into the room. Yeah, the, the cinematography of the game really lends to the horror genre. Um, I don't know, is it the first game that for, in the horror genre? In the, I guess you would say, specifically the survival horror genre you know like conserving health conserving ammo trapped in a building or a village or a city that's just completely overrun by zombies and assorted monsters you know fighting for your life fighting to escape i think resident evil was one of the first big that really kind of 
kind of worked on that on that concept. And uh, I, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was uh, what was your f- probably most favorite release of Resident Evil? Well, <clears throat> for me, I mean, the first one's a classic, obviously. But for me, it's kind of a, I mean, Resident Evil 2 was my big one. That was the one, you know, Leon Kennedy, the character Leon Kennedy first comes to town. And he meets up with Chris Redfield, the character from the first game's kid sister, Claire Redfield. And they're going through Raccoon City. It's been completely overrun. And there was like, that was like the first game that had like a multi-disc. Like once you completed, you know, you got to a certain point in the one game, you had to switch discs and, and play it through with another character and how they meet up. And that was actually one of the first games that I that I really, I mean, I'm officially retired from Resident <laughs> Evil 2. Like, I, I, I pretty much was able to get it down where I could play through half of it, save it only once, you know, go have dinner, come back, finish it up, and just really just burn through it. And, like, all the, all the different mini, like, the hidden mini games that, that, that were first kind of introduced and from the second one. Yeah, so Resident Evil 2, I'm fully retired from. But it was my it was my favorite game, although the close second was Nemesis. But yeah, I have to say that my favorite was actually the first one, simply because uh, that sensation of playing that game like alone in the dark, uh, you know, the first time is just, I mean, it was scary. It was awesome, yeah. awesomely scary, and uh, it you know, and it was so difficult because it was not, unlike anything you know I'd ever played before. With the camera angles and like all of the hidden, you know, all the hidden elements to it, it was uh, it was really well done. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of got frustrating too. I mean, like, like what law enforcement person wouldn't just kick down a locked door? I mean, really, and all these law, and you had to run across, you know, running, you know, the finding of the keys. The cutscene when you oh when you enter the room and all you saw was the black screen with the door coming in your oh that was footsteps, terrible the footsteps as you got closer as it opened up it really added to the to the atmosphere of the game which was actually a really nice touch in my opinion yeah and then you would end up like in a room all of a sudden filled with zombies and you're just like oh crap yeah. what do I do yeah oh, especially oh. the first time in that room you're like oh uh, what do I do do I run yeah <laughs> do I go back through the door I can't go back through the door what do I do yeah so that yeah that was or they have a camera angle that's right, a high angle shot of just you by the door. And then you'd stop. And you would hear like a clicking or a shambling of feet or something. And you know if you stepped into the room, there's going to be a whole bunch of zombies there. Or there's going to be, you know, like in Resident Evil 2 when they had those liquors that were crawling the ceiling and dropped down on it. Yeah, it was, oh, those damn Anyway, but, <laughs> what's your favorite question in the game, Braun? Oh, my favorite question. There's always there always comes a point in every Resident Evil game where you have the knife, you've got your your nine millimeter pistol, and maybe like a first aid spray. And you're running through the game and you're just wasting all your pistol ammo taken out. And then you get to that one point in every game where they ask you the greatest question in every Resident Evil game: Would you like to pick up the shotgun? Hell yes. That is the greatest question. In any survival horror, any zombie game ever, is that first time you see, would you like to pick up the shotgun? One of the things that I've always wondered about is why they've never introduced a decent melee weapon. Um, I mean, I think in a lot of instances, uh, a chair leg would do you a lot better than that uh, that survival knife that you're carrying around. Yeah. I mean, even if you could just, I don't know, grab a piece of pipe from somewhere or something. 
Um, I never, I never understood why that wasn't, uh, you know, part of the part of the game. Yeah, that, that, and how many, how many garages and parking lots and stuff did you run through? Like, there's not a crowbar or a tire, a tire iron or something to grab, because like, if you've got like you know like a like a buck knife, I'd much, I'd much rather have a crowbar or even a baseball bat. At least you could like jab them and keep them at bay a bit, a lot better than getting up. Up close to him with it, stabbing him with a knife. Yeah, because I mean, like at arm's length, they're gonna get their hands on you. Right. So you need something like that. So that's some, that's something I've always questioned about the game. But I assume that like having a melee weapon probably would have ended up turning it into like a you know a beat 'em up sort of game where you run through and just bash everything yeah. and, and you're good to go. Yeah. With uh, without that, you know, it really did turn it into a survival game. Right. I can see that. What would you say uh, your favorite character was? Favorite character? Oh man. Uh, well, my fa- my favorite character to play, I think, I think was Leon Kennedy from the second. He made multiple appearances throughout the series. I just like Leon Kennedy. But the one guy that I wish that you you could, you never played, but I wish you did was Barry Burton from the first game because he he was the only guy you saw in the first game to pull out a magnum. Yeah, he had that python. Yeah, the cold <laughs> python. It's like I want the cold python. I don't want this little pussy nine millimeter. I want a. I want if I'm a shooting gun. zombies, I want the big gun. Yeah, I want I want the big magnum. But they've and of course they've introduced the magnum in subsequent releases. But I mean, it's a very like, he was always around. Like the first game, like he was like the hero. I mean, it seemed like if you looked, if you remember the final scene from Resident Evil Two, when they Jill and and uh, Carlos gets in get oh no Resident Evil that yeah, was Resident Evil Nemesis. When uh, Jill and Carlos jump into the helicopter, the guy turns around. And he had the beard. He's like, hey, "Barry." And there he was. Where, where, where'd you come from? <laughs> and I, I would, I would. would can I ask the question? Favorite character, Leon. The character I wish I could have played was Barry. Excellent. Um, I'd say probably uh, I keep a classic, Chris Redfield. You know. Yeah, I gotta give it, give it up to Chris. Although Chris was a little trickier because Jill had the lockpicks. So you'd have to find those keys with Chris, but if you had a simple lock, he always gave you that clue. It's locked by a simple lock, and he always yeah. use the lock picks, and then she opens the door. But yeah, but I I agree with you on the first one. Chris was my was my guy. And then on the on the favorite topic, let's uh, address our favorite monster. Monster, like what? And then you, it could be favorite that you thought was cool, or favorite that you thought was tough or creepy. I would probably have to go with Nemesis from Resident Evil 3 Nemesis simply because he followed you. You know, this classic, <clears throat> that classic strategy like, oh, there's all these zombies, all these all these other monsters. I'll just exit the room and you're fine. I'll just oh, run away. No. He'd, he'd follow you from room to room. And that was, I think, that was the one scary thing in the, in like those series, in that first, you know, in the, the third game. He'd chase after you from room to room. That was kind of scary. I think for me, uh, I liked the, uh, I liked the dogs. Because they were the dogs are really just terrifying. Like you saw these dogs with like you know the ribs showing yeah, and like flesh, yeah. it just they were really really scary. And then the first time that you saw a liquor, like the liquor. climbing, yeah. and you're just like, oh crap, what is that thing? Yeah. And then it took so many nine millimeter rounds to put that thing down. <laughs> yeah, you you could get maybe three or four shotgun rounds, but man, if you had if you only had the handgun, you were in trouble. Straight. Oh yeah, run just run run out of the room if you if if you if you can because 
and he'd always like he'd always fall on its back and come up and of course it's got the tongue and the claw oh, attack. Yeah. And you just stand it can run around but it'll still you know, falling around and leaping at that leaping attack where if your health was low enough he'd take your head right off. Yep. Oh, oh no, actually it was another one was those frog things. Oh yeah. Those, those were horrible. Those frog those hunters, I think they were called hunters back in the day. Man, those are the guys that leaped at the, the those are the guys with the, with the claw attack that knocked your head off. Yep, they just sliced your hand right off oh, yeah. with their claws. And they ate it, too. That was the, the <laughs> insult to injury. They'd grab it and then eat it. <laughs> oh, those are terrible. But yeah. So one of the things that we wanted to bring in, uh, in today was one of the things that I think keeps the games so classic is the character dialogue. Yeah. Uh, the scripts for these are just, they're just brilliant. Yeah. And... Uh, Essentially, now, I think right now, I think what we, we, we would like to do for our listening audience, we want to do something called Resident Evil Theater, where we have gotten a hold of the transcripts from the opening scene of the very first Resident Evil game from 1996. And this is word for word. We did not doctor this at all. And this is exactly how it went down. This Now, you have to understand, this is when they first got to the lobby of the mansion. This This wasn't like... The kind of badly acted live action intro that they're running, for, <laughs> running from the dogs, like you know, they you know they run in. Now this is exactly at the start of the game. This is what you had to sit through before you actually had. Of course, before I'll, you could even play the game. Yeah, before you could even play the game, <coughs> you had to sit through this crap. Um, <laughs> and Justin will be doing, will be playing the role of Barry Burton, and I will have the dubious honor of playing dual roles as Albert Wesker and also Jill Valentine. So, this is the opening scene of, of the first Resident Evil, word for word. Take it away. They have escaped into the mansion where they thought it was safe. Yet. Inside the mansion, Wesker, Barry, and Jill stand in a huge, ornate-looking main hall. What is this? Wow. What a mansion. Jill turns to face Wesker. Captain Wesker, where's Chris? Jill runs towards the door. Stop it! Don't open that door! But Chris is... A gunshot is heard. All, all turn to look in its direction. What is it? Maybe it's Chris. Now, Jill, can you go? I'm going with you. Chris is our old partner, you know. Okay, let me handle this. Barry and Jill nod and walk towards the door on the, on the west. Stay alert! Barry and Jill enter. In the dining room, Barry and Jill enter a lavish-looking dining room. A dining room? Barry proceeds to walk to the other end of the room. Barry kneels down near the f near the emblem of the fireplace. What? What is this? Jill walks over. What is it? Blood. Jill, see if you can find any other clues. I'll be examining this. Barry looks down. Hope this is not Chris's blood. We see a man wearing a green jacket who is who has a bald, white, diseased-looking head. He is crouched over another man apparently eating the poor soul. He takes a soft bite, then a loud one, 
which causes a puddle of blood to ooze out over the carpet. The zombie then slowly turns his head to look at you with his cataracted blue and blue eye and bloody lips. Jill heads back to the dining room. She runs over to Barry. Barry! The door opens. Barry turns to look at the zombie emerging from it. What is it? Watch out! It's a monster! Begins to back away from the approaching zombie. Let me take care of this. Barry fires his Colt Python three times into the zombie's head, popping it on the last shot. The body falls to the floor with a thump. Barry then walks over to its corpse and looks down at it. What is this? Kenneth was killed too? Maybe by this creature. Anyway, let's report this to Wesker. Barry nods. The room is exited. Jill exits the dining room once without investigating. She returns to the main hall to find Wesker. Investigate if you hear any gunfire. Jill, Jill acknowledges him and re returns to the dining room. She attempts to leave again. The camera view switches to Barry. He stands up from his crouch. Lost courage already? It's not like you. Barry returns to crouching. Jill investigates the old grandfather clock, then goes to, then goes to talk to Barry. Scene four is then played out. Once she turns to exit and runs back to the main hall, the door to the tea room opens. Who is it? A zombie lurches out and shambles towards Jill. Barry notices and points his cold python at it. Hey, you! Stop! Pauses as the zombie gets closer to Jill. Run, Jill! He's insane! Barry fires three shots into the zombie. Popping its head on the last one, he walks over near Jill and the corpse. Barry crouches down. What the hell? Let's report this to Wesker. Barry gets up and they exit. Barry and Jill enter the main hall. Wesker! Help me look for him, Jill. And don't leave the hall for the time being. Jill nods and proceeds to search behind the staircase, and Barry walks around. She turns back to speak with Barry. Find anything, Jill? Shaking her head. Nothing. What is this all about? I can't figure it out at all. Beats me, too. Now it's Wesker's time to disappear. I don't know what's going on. Well, it can't be helped. Let's search for him separately. Jill nods. I'll check the dining room again. Okay, and I'll try the door on the opposite side. This mansion is gigantic. We could get into trouble if we get lost. We should start from the first floor, okay? And Jill, here is a lockpick. It might be handy if you, the master of unlocking, take it with you. Jill nods. Thanks, maybe I'll need it. Barry nods and runs towards the dining room door. He stops midway and starts to talk to Jill. Listen, if something happens, let's meet up in this hall. Jill salutes him. This time, I'll be there. <laughs> and scene. And thus ends the scene. Yeah, that was it. That was word for word. That was the entire opening sequence. That's, that's, a, that's a sample of the amazing dialogue. Well acted, too. Yeah, well, I mean, you could tell that it was definitely enhanced by the two of us. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't think we did uh, any less justice than, <laughs> no, they, than the actual uh, game did. Yeah, yeah. people got paid to do that. Uh, yeah, so that was it. That was word for word, the opening sequence. They got uh, Oscar uh, 
Oscar uh, nominees right there. So maybe we'll take a second and jump away from the Resident Evil talk. All right. And uh, maybe it's time for... The, the perennial, I guess, always here segment, the Distro 1 t-shirt of the month. This t-shirt is coming to us from Redbubble.com. This one's by Jitter Designs, uh, more specifically Nana Leonti of Jitter Designs, <clears throat> and it's the Brewhouse Hadouken. Yes, think the Heineken emblem. With instead of Heineken, it is Hadouken, and they've got at the top. You've got the fireball that gets shot, and even the, but the kicker of this shirt is it actually below the Hadouken logo is the button controls, the down half half circle forward punch button, the actual controls to execute the Hadouken. From Street Fighter 2, or any of the Street Fighter games there. Yeah. The Hadouken. But yeah, this this shirt is great. It has the it has the bright green um, color from from like the Heineken logo. Uh, it has the you know it has the banner that Heineken would be placed in, and it says instead it says Hadouken, and it, it's fantastic. Yeah, so good, great job, Redbubble, great job, Nana Leonti of Jitter Designs for that great, great T-shirt. We'll we'll have the link posted. We'll have, we'll have a picture of that probably uh, on our Tumblr page, Facebook page, website. <clears throat> we'll have that great design. We're actually thinking about picking that one up. Actually, so yeah, so look for that. That's the T-shirt, the Brewhouse Hadouken T-shirt of the month. Distro One T-shirt of the month. All right. So I wanted to ask you, Franz. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on what the movies did to the game? Did they do it any justice? They did a little bit. <clears throat> they were they weren't they weren't you know cinematic tour de forces. But my only my only gripe with the Resident Evil games. I mean, if you have Mila Jovovich as the star, why wasn't she Jill Valentine? Why was she some other Alice chick? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was wondering where they were going with that and why they didn't keep it closer to the game. I mean, she should have played Jill Valentine and like been that character throughout. Yeah. I mean, that was a, approximately the release of those was right in between uh, two and Nemesis, right? I think the first one came out right then and there, or was it even later than that? It might have been later than that, even. But it might have been, oh, it was probably, it might have been Code Veronica X time. Whenever they re-released Code Veronica on PlayStation for Code Veronica X, it might be, we will have to look into that. We have, yep, my we'll apologies. Have to look into yeah, but, uh, but yeah, but it's, the movies were okay. Like, one of the ones, I forget which one it was, where they actually had Jill Valentine in the outfit from Nemesis. She had the blue tank top with the white sweater tied around her waist. I mean, they had the liquors. They had the, the the fight scene in the in the church sanctuary with the liquors, and of course, Mila Jovovich comes in crashing through the window with the motorcycle, you know, shooting them all down. But didn't uh, didn't Claire wear shorts in the in the one game? Yeah, like throughout the entire game. Yeah, yeah, she had shorts and had combat boots. Yeah, why wouldn't you put some pants on? Yeah, I mean, if you're worried about zombie bites, yeah, scratches, like whatever. Yeah, I mean, like run through a uh, run through a sports store. Get yourself some snow pants. Yeah, it's not like there's anybody around that it's going to stop you for shoplifting. I mean... Or, like, you know, get some pants and, like, I don't know, some chaps, something that yeah. they can't bite through. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what. Zombie apocalypse happens to me, and I'm putting leather I'm putting leather clothing on. Yeah. Because you can't bite through it. 
That's how much thought I put into that. Though. I haven't really now, taken it any further than that. Yeah, now you know. Yeah, just make sure you have a shotgun, melee weapon, if you need to use it. But yeah. So. Baseball bat and leather pants. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> I mean, hey, you may look stupid, but you're gonna survive. You know, I'm just saying. But yeah, we got, and right now, also as part of the Distro One, we always like to do a quick little plug of kind of like an artist shout out. We're doing either. Visual artists, uh, musicians, and now this is coming from the world of podcasting. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh's got a pretty cool, pretty cool scene. Not just art scene, not just you know like comic book, like self-publishing comic book scene. We also have a pretty good uh, several podcasts that are recorded right here in the Steel City, and kind of combining both you know like the comic book scene and like podcasting. We have the Comic Book Pit podcast is our artist shout out of the month with co-hosted by dan greenwald and scott headland collectively known as the dang and the duke and look for their it's a weekly show they talk about uh all the events of the current marvel dc anything under the comic book banner they'll be talking about you can find them at comicbookpit.com you can also they do they also they also do kind of back issue reviews on their Audioboo site. They do a little five minute review. You can check them out at audioboo.fm slash comicbookpit. Also follow them on Twitter at comicbookpit and Facebook, Facebook.com slash comicbookpit. And uh, and and these guys know their stuff. Um, oh, they, they walk the walk. Dan and Scott walk the walk and talk the talk. And it's not just it's not just fanboy. I mean, they're they're some they you'll they'll introduce some psychology. I mean, like there's very intelligent conversation going on about about what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, pretty yeah. pretty in depth stuff. And they also have a lot like some celebrity. One of the one of my favorite uh, episodes from them is when they when they interviewed uh, interviewed the voice of Amidala on the the Clone Wars animated mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. That was actually a really good show. And I chewed and. and Voice actress, the name escapes me at the moment, but she'll try and get it in the post. Yeah, yeah, we'll get it in the post. And she, I mean, she was great, very, very friendly, very talkative. And yeah, these guys, these guys are great. Yeah, follow comicbookpit.com, like audioboot.fm slash comicbookpit. You guys are great. If you're you're a fan of comic books, if you're a fan of graphic literature, graphic novels, trade paperbacks, even just pop culture in general, definitely give their give their show a listen. You'll be glad you did. Absolutely, you'll be glad you did, and show them some love for us um, because uh, they've shown us some love in the in the past, and uh, these are some really good guys that really know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, stop on by, give them a listen. But all right. So what else did you want to cover, Franz? Uh, let's see. Um, saying memorable. Well, it just we're going back to the to the Resident Evil. Uh, going back, memorable. Characters. Is there anything, any any other? It, it can be playable, non-playable characters, like anything. The one, the one guy that always kind of stood out to me was Brad Vickers, the helicopter pilot. And one of the one of the reasons why Brad always uh, kind of popped up is during Resident Evil Two, there was a little hidden hidden uh, achievement you would get where if you can go from in the opening of Resident Evil Two, you'd go from the gun shop. You go from the gun the gun store to the police precinct without firing your gun once. It was it was pretty tough sometimes to do. And by the end of that, you go down you go down the flight of stairs at the bottom of the 
precinct below the front door. And there's the zombie Brad. And you have to shoot Brad to get the get the special key that unlocks the locker. And but somehow if you watch like if you watch, you know, if you play through Resident Evil Nemesis, the third game, you actually see how Brad Vickers dies. So that was kind of like Nemesis was kind of going parallel to the second game in a way. So yeah, Brad Vickers he was always and he was the guy that dropped that dropped that rocket launcher in the first one from a helicopter. That, oh yeah, yeah, that's that, right. that was him. That was the guy who dropped the dropped the rocket launcher to you to end the tyrant at the end of the very first. So I have to give an honorable mention to Brad. What, what they call in the the mythos of Resident Evil, he was known as Chickenheart. Old Brad Chickenheart Vickers. So thumbs up from me. Godspeed. R.I.P. Buddy. Yeah, that was a little honorable mention. I always liked in the first one the scene when you first get outside after you're in the mansion and those dogs come out of like nowhere. Right. And you're like, ah, like in between the houses right. and moving around. I always thought that that was really scary. Right. Um, just, just the, like, the, that was, I think, the. Was that the first time the dogs were introduced, or was that the second time the dogs were introduced? That'd be the in second that time. Game? The first time is whenever you go through that first door. You go down the hallway, and that's that was the first enemy you fight was the dogs running down that hallway. You know, shoot them, shoot them down. So that was the second time because it was out in the courtyard, and you heard those tapping of their paws. Like oh before, yeah, that's before, right. Before you see them, you're like, oh, <laughs> this is only gonna get bad. Yeah, which is the. What is Resident Evil Four? Is that the one that was released on the Wii with like the they, controller? They they redid. I believe it was they redid Red, the first Resident Evil. Oh uh, no, that was GameCube. Crap, that was GameCube. The maybe Wii, that was the five. Wii. The Wii was yeah. The Wii was maybe maybe it was. I think oh, I think it was four that they redid on the Wii because I didn't want to play it because. With the Wii controls, I have a hard time. That was another thing I loved about the first three games, the auto-aim. The, the game was hard enough without yeah. that. I mean, you had to you had to brave all of these elements. And then they, they added, like, you know, the imprecision of the Wiimote to the game. Right. It right. made it incredibly difficult. Because that thing, I mean, is not very accurate. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. I mean, you have to learn how to adjust your hand just to move that... Um, you know the, that optical display on the screen, and you can. Oh, it, it's very difficult to control that. Uh, I actually have that game, and the reason I couldn't remember what it was is because I played it for about three hours and realized that I just had no desire to play it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just so hard to control, like the gun and the character at the same time. It was just it was too many controls while trying to like survive. Other than that, I think that's really all I had today. Yeah, that's pretty much, I believe, that covered, I think that's the show. That's episode five for right now, talking about Resident Evil. Uh, check back, check back, and in two weeks, we're going to have another micro show talking about an anime review. Uh, Sword Art Online is the title. And uh, this is a, this is a, I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler on it, but I think it's necessary to get you hooked. Um, basically, um, characters are playing a virtual MMO, so they're playing a, a multi, a massively multiplayer online game, 
But in this case, they're actually uh, hooked in through a, a helmet that provides uh, basically full virtual reality. Like they're, it's basically brain to game um, that they're playing. And not to spoil it too much, but they get stuck in the game. Yeah. And the only way to get out is, is to win. Yeah, is to beat the game. And uh, it it's really cool. Yeah. They did a really good job with it, and we're really looking forward to talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so look for that also. You can also find us on our main site, random randomdistribution.com. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash distro1.podcast. Find us on Tumblr, distro1.tumblr.com. Uh, we have the Google Voice. If, if you want to leave us a message, leave us a message. Just let us know what you're thinking about the show. Uh, the number there, Google Vo- the Google Voicemail is 412-208-7180. That's uh, 412-204-7180. Um, 204. Yep, yeah, 204-7180. And also, um, if you haven't already, friend us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, and uh, hit us up on Twitter sometime. Yeah. And we'd be glad to hear from you. Let us know what you think about the show. If you really like it, and if you one of the ones that maybe follow us through our iTunes page, I mean, leave a, a customer review. Tell uh, tell people you like the show. They can help us out that way. That'd be great. We'd love to hear uh, uh, the positive comments. We'd love to hear critiques in general, just to see how we're doing. So, and also if you have any uh, if you have any artists that you think should be shouted out. Um, send us some information. We'll take a look at them, and maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll shout them out for you um, in our artist of the month. And also, um, if you have any T-shirts that you think are the shit, let us know. We'll take a look at them, and maybe they'll make it on the show. All right, yeah. So yeah, yeah let us know. Keep us uh, posted on that. Look for different posts. And you know what, guys? This is it. I am the Franz. This is Justin, and we're uh, signing off. Distro one out. All right.